Last week, I made a decision to uh, fly out to Las Vegas to watch my 49ers go play in the Super Bowl. This is my second time. Last time, they four years ago, they, they lost by a close margin, they, which a game they should have won. And unfortunately, it took them four years to kind of get back here. And I thought, you know what? I'm going out there. I got the opportunity to move my appointments and, uh, and just took a flight. No ticket. I just bought a, a plane ticket to get there and I'll figure out the, the, the ticket of the Super Bowl itself. I had a friend, a couple of friends who I can stay with, so which kind of made things a little bit easier. And again, Jim, we were up by 10 and we end up losing in overtime. Yeah. And my God, that was a, a heart wrenching game. It's been close to 30 years now. We haven't won a title. We've been there three times since then. We've lost all three. It is brutal. Welcome, Jim. Welcome, everybody, to the Wabi Sabi podcast. Now, you'll notice my voice is uh, kind of a little bit it's more a bit of a downtown today. Yeah, it's, it's a bit croaky, sure. a, bit, a bit flat. Yep. Yeah. What's going on? Actually, and, uh, actually let, me, let me interrupt you. Just pause. For anybody who's not watching this um, on, on video, Lawrence is wearing a San Francisco 49ers top. So... Um, He's we, with with you know with quite pride, but he's also feeling a little bit flat. So, um, what's that about, Lawrence? Yeah, well, listen. Last week, I um, I made a decision to uh, fly out to Las Vegas to watch my 49ers go play in the Super Bowl. This is my second time. Um, last time they four years ago they they lost by a close margin, they, which a game they should have won. And unfortunately, it took them four years to kind of get back here. And I thought, you know what? I'm going out there. I got the opportunity to move my appointments and, uh, and just took a flight. No ticket. I just bought a, a plane ticket to get there and I'll figure out the, the, the ticket of the Super Bowl itself. I had a friend, a couple of friends who I can stay with, so which kind of made things a little bit easier. And again, Jim, we were up by 10 and we end up losing in overtime yeah. And my God, that was a, a heart-wrenching game. It's been close to 30 years now. We haven't won a title. We've been there three times since then. We've lost all three. It is brutal. And so yeah. uh, I'm bleeding red today. And so here's where I want to kind of start. I don't know. Not everybody understands this, and I understand, And I, my wife just doesn't understand, and I totally get it. So I'm going to start here because I, for some reason... And I'm not sure if you feel the same way. And if you don't, then please tell me because people just don't understand what uh, a fan goes through or a fanatic goes through uh, when they're passionate about something. And I don't understand it, to be honest with you. It's just a team yeah. <laughs> that I support. My wife keeps on telling me, like, you do understand that you don't play for the team. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. fully aware that I don't play for the team. And But how, somehow I'm, I'm so invested in the team that, like, this literally breaks my heart. Yeah, I couldn't. I was literally speechless. I don't know what to say. Yeah, and when people kind of knock on you or after the game, it's like it's too soon. It's so yeah. raw, and it's and yep. as silly as my logical side of my brain says, this is the most ridiculous comment. My my wife says, like, "What are you talking about? Like, why are you so sad?" And they're like literally laughing at me. I'm like, yep. literally too soon. I, 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 it hurts so bad. Yeah, yep. and but I don't logically understand, but I know emotionally. <laughs> I am torn up in pieces yeah. because we were so damn close yeah. and we just couldn't pull it off yeah. and it's frustrating. My feelings are frustration, 
Um, my feeling is sadness. I feel sad for the players. I feel sad for the narratives that come out of this, but it's not logical. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I don't know if you feel that way yeah, about yeah, it. No, yeah, so yeah, sport. Let's, yeah, let's dissect this because I think there's a lot. It's it, we can look therapy. at this at a, a yeah, no, <laughs> we can look at this at a at a protective a, a level of of superficial how the game the team lost, but there's deeper themes here that I really want to explore. Right. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you went with. It's not logical because on the surface it's not. And I'll, I'll be hand on heart saying exactly the same thing. Like there are things that I have done, like, and this is quite often, there's a deeper value and there's a deeper reason why you're really emotionally connected to the team at mm. that level. And you talk to fans who go to every game. There's a bigger reason other than seeing your win, your team win or, or, or lose. It's, it's, it's like you're winning in life, you're losing in life. That kind of thing. You, a lot of people associate that level of significance and importance to it. So much so that, you know, when you towns and suburbs whose team wins, the next, like our practice, I'll give you an example. Our chiropractic mm. practice was in a suburb called Essendon. Now, Essendon, um, I, I'm not as passionate about NFL as, as you are. My, my sport is AFL, and I would do the same thing. Pretty much, I've had the fortune of being and supporting the most um, successful team in AFL in the 20th century. So I've had had the gift, and I'll talk about that specifically. But like the team who's um, the, the the suburb in the team that was the arch nemesis of the, my favourite team, Essendon, was only like 500 metres away from mm. our practice, and I was in this conundrum where if they won. Our practice boomed that week. It was like the energy level. Like all the retailers, all the shop owners come in and go, how's your week been? They go, mate, flat out. The, win, the week that the team lost, trade was just down. It was really phenomenal. Yeah. So it lifts the energy and the vibe of the whole community. So it's, yeah. not, it's not just you and a few other handful, handful of people who are just emotionally in it. It lifts the community. So yeah. Um, that's that's the first level, but but I, I'm I'm glad that you you declared it from the outset and go. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that has me so emotionally connected to the team, but it's not logical. It doesn't make sense. Other people around me who know me really well, like you see, Catherine goes, I don't get it, dude. But there's other nut jobs and other people, crazy ones, who go, I get you totally, and you know, push comes to shove, you're in my foxhole because I know you will stick through with this team through good and bad times. Yeah. And that's a strange, that's the craziest thing, but your complete strangers would probably know me about this or feel the same level of emotional as someone who is closest to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, my kids are laughing at me. You know, my wife's laughing at me and they don't mean to laugh. They're trying not to laugh. Yeah. And because they know it is, I'm actually serious. Uh, I'm not yeah. actually joking about this. And, and it, it's like I said, it's not logical, but it is an emotion that I can't, you know, put to words. And it's not the first time. I've mean, obviously gone through this several times now. We've, we've come close the last five years. We made it to various championships and, and, and Super Bowls and just haven't been able to pull it off. And you, you kind of get to this place. It's like, man, I remember telling myself the last couple of years, I was like, okay, stop taking it so seriously. You know, like just let's not. And I did. I, you know, the year, like, I'm not going to take it so seriously. But then this year, as the success rises, you get hooked into yeah. it. And it's like got me yeah. hooked in again. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. man, I'm all in now. Emotionally, yeah. you kind of bought in. And yeah, and the pain is real, man. It's it's really, yeah. really weird uh, to kind of see this uh, within myself, um, to feel like that level of 
like just frustration. I almost don't want to watch like any of the stuff because yeah. I don't want to hear all the noise that goes yeah. around it. I'm like, and I'm only putting myself in, I can only imagine what the players are going through. I'm like, if I'm hearing this noise as a fan, I can only imagine when that, those noises actually, you know, directed at you, you know, 24 uh, seven, yeah. if you turn on, on the television, they don't know you, but they're just yeah. sort of talking about you and, and about your life and your dedication and, you know, your mistakes that you made and, you know, quarterbacking, you know, like literally TV quarterbacking. It's like, look, look, look at this play that you didn't yeah. show up in time. And then, yeah. fat, you know, rewind it. No one does that to our lives, right? No yeah. one does that to our life. And yeah. uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's a weird kind of a, a place to be. Yeah. You, you know, there's the analogy that we use quite regularly. Actually, we had a, we had a group coaching session today with a team and we talked about this. So I think it's quite relevant. The analogy and the principle of the elephant and the rider, where mm. a lot of the times it, when we talk about emotion, that's the elephant. And the, the logic is the rider, the person who's on the elephant. And, and you kid yourself to think that as a rider, you have control over this beast. And yet when emotions surge as they do, the emotions take you along along the way. And and so mm. this, so at an emotional level, uh, go, you know, I think we might have touched on this at one other time, but as a, as a fan, you have emotional buy-in to a team and it means so much to you for so many reasons. A player can come and be a professional and give all of they, they can, then they'll swap teams and they're dead to you the moment they've gone. It's like, this guy is a savior. How could you? Whatever. But it's they're, they're a professional. That's their role. That's their job. But as a yeah. fan, you like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking by this team constantly. So much yeah. so, like, when, when I grew up, my, the, the, the rivalry that we had with the team that I don't support, Essendon, uh, we, we went back and back to back to back premierships. They won one year, won, we won one year, back in the 80s. And it was like the, the golden era of both of those teams. And then we went through a really lean period, not 30 years like you had, but like suddenly we were getting flogged and, and we, we were leaving in New South Wales. We moved back to Melbourne and uh, my kids were agnostic to AFL. You know, they were in rugby, rugby league, rugby union. They didn't know about AFL. So they came back, back into town. And I remember they went to school one day and my worst fears were coming to fruition. So they went to school and they started talking to these kids and um, they, they, um, they come in and said, oh, something about, oh, I met little Johnny, I don't know who it was, and Jonathan, Jonathan, Johnny follows football and he likes a team called Essendon. Well, I went into a mad panic. It was irrational. I looked over to Batanda and I said, honey, I'm going to lose them. I'm actually going to lose them here. I need to pull out all stops. So I went out and bought every bit of Hawthorne paraphernalia and equipment and gear you could possibly imagine, scarves, jumpers, beanies, season tickets, the whole lot. Prior to that, I was when they were drawing footballers, I would put brown and gold, the two numbers together. It was just I, I own it, I claim it. Boys laugh at me now. But there was a period where I was totally irrational. I did whatever it took. And we I went get to it. yeah we you get it right because I, I get it. so we we went to um, most games and they were like hey listen you're gonna you know support this team they're great they're wonderful we're getting flogged by every team we went through a very lean yeah, you period. were at the bottom and for a long time <laughs> for a long time and they're like dad hang on I, hang on let me get this right I thought you said Hawthorne's a really good team I go they are they are. <laughs> And uh, they go, just stick with them. They'll come good. They'll come good. And I'm using this opportunity, you know, these learning moments saying, you know, you, your footy team is like friends. They need you more when they're losing than when they're winning. Stick by them. They'll come good. And luckily for me, they did. 
And within a period of the mid-2010s, Hawthorne won three premierships in a row. And that was phenomenal. That was great. I did whatever it took to get tickets as well. I got two tickets. I could only get two at the time. I did exactly what you did. The only difference was I didn't have to fly to the other side of the world. But I literally mm. did whatever it took. I got onto the I said, what will it take for me to get a ticket? I'm a member. There's an exclusion. It's almost impossible to get. Yeah, but what do I need to do? And I paid the price. And I was prepared to pay yeah. the price because it meant so much to me. Yeah. I uh, To kind of bring that story home, so I totally understand where you're coming from. I remember Karen brought home a T-shirt for, you know, it's just on a random random T-shirt from a store. and brought it home because she really liked the color. It was blue and it was perfect for Christian. And he put it on. I'm like, you can't wear that in the house. He was like, why not? Because that's the New York Giants. I was like, so? He's like, can't wear any, you can't, not that there were a rivalry or anything. It wasn't like, you know, the, the Rams or the, the Seahawks or whatever. I was like, you can't wear another color team. Like, he's, it's not. He goes, you, so you're serious. Like, she, like, she literally came and she goes, you are absolutely serious. You're not going to let your son wear a t-shirt that is not the 49ers. I'm like, yes. Absolutely not. Yep. <laughs> so again, not irrational, like not rational yep. at all, not logical whatsoever. But um, hey, when you got to support the team, you got to support the team. And if you're gonna if you're gonna wear any particular team, or you know that you're gonna wear, you're gonna be Niners all the way. And uh, yep. you know, when you're an adult, you can decide. <laughs> what yep. Again, not rational, but uh, it is something uh, that has to be uh, kind of been nailed down. This is when they were young, so I wanted to make sure that they, you know, kind of follow through. Yeah. So, so Lawrence, it is it is raw, and let's let's appreciate that. That is, we're talking really days after yeah, you've done this, this tour. So that's why the timing of this was, you know, it had to be that 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 way. So, what when you can go meta on this, when you can look at mm. this whole process, um, what are some key learnings that you took out of this week? Because I remember you posted, I saw this is fascinating. You met people along the path and the way yeah. who were different, who were just basically a faith play as well. They were just like, I'm going there. I've just got to be there. What could yeah. you talk about for Yeah, that? so that's one experience. Like if I had to take away some positive from this experience is that, uh, you know, one of the things that was great, I, I, I literally bought a ticket, uh, a plane ticket to get there, and I, I figure I'll, I'll get a, sort, a ticket sorted out. At the end of the day, you can get a ticket if you want to. It's just a matter of price on how much we yep. are willing to pay, right? Yep. So let's face it, it's 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 more about price. Than, I was and, in the same. And, I was in the same yeah. boat. Yeah. And I was hoping to uh, basically get a ticket last minute, and I figure the prices uh, will drop, and as we get closer and closer to the kickoff, and that uh, people will be panicking to sell, and they want to get rid of those tickets. Uh, that wasn't the case. The prices were going up. <laughs> As the uh, as they were as they were getting to kick off, and I bought my ticket three hours, literally three hours before kickoff, and uh, yeah, I paid. It was already at a premium. It's, it's been the yeah. the most expensive Super Bowl ever from a price point, and uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Um, but luckily, Bitcoin was going up, so it didn't matter so yep. much to me. I was like, okay, that's good. <laughs> so, yep. Anyways, the, the point is, um, so the journey was this. I, I, I took off uh, from uh, uh, from Portugal to, to head to uh, Las Vegas, and I had to do a stopover in Philly. And, and while in Philadelphia, I got on the plane, I was, and uh, this guy sat next to me, and, and he was wearing a San Francisco 49ers hat. And a whole bunch of people had Kansas City hats. Uh, a whole bunch of people had 49ers hats. And the guy sitting next to me happened to be a 49er fan. And I was like, oh, great. I go, nice hat. You go into the game. He's like, I don't have a ticket yet. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, I was like, oh, me too. I say, where are you from? He's from Toronto. <laughs> I go, dude, I'm from Toronto. And we find out later, like another thing in common was like our brothers are big 
diehard Buffalo Bill fans. I'm like, no way. Like, it's like this, this is so strange. And so anyways, we're going there and we, at the end of the day, we exchange numbers uh, to say, Hey, like, let's listen. Like, it's hard to sometimes get a single ticket. Let's go together, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and we try to figure it out. It didn't eventuate. uh, He, he had, you know, some connections to the 49ers with some things. I had some connections and we're trying to get through, but it just never happened. But so that there was, you know, another fanatic friend. I thought I was the only person who was willing to kind of go single. If I get to the game, I buy a single ticket. The girl next to me, you know, she's buys a single ticket. She happens to sit next to me. And again, you know, she is another person who came there just to watch the game. He didn't want to watch anybody else. Like she's, the, you know, one of the crazy ones. And then the guy behind me was a guy who's sitting by himself. I introduced myself. I go, hey, where are you from? He's from Texas. I'm like, yeah, he's watching the game by himself. And like, it was just incredible that I was surrounded by people who was just there. And the crazy thing is that we were there four years ago together. We bought yep. a ticket yep. four years ago when we lost and we came back for some more heartache. And I think that there was just, to me, the post that I wrote about was there's this great Timothy, I think it's Tim Larry, or Timothy Larry's uh, poem will call Find the Others. And the essence of the poem is that you got to find the others. The others meaning like those people that are not, like anybody else, the people yeah. who are do kind of crazy things, the people who are just slightly unusual and a little bit kind of demented in the head, or you know, just do do things that are just not the scripted society way. Yeah. And when you're able to surround yourself with the others, which we did in a podcast on this, right? We did a podcast of surrounding yourself with the, the you know the, the the closest people that will elevate you and lift you. Well, that's kind of the the way it is, and because you when you find that commonality, there was that deep passion, you know, there's deep passion that deepness. That's what I, I, I took away from it. Like, there are people just like me. You just got to go and find them. I didn't have yep. to say hi to those people, right? Yep. I didn't have to introduce myself. I could have just sat quietly on the plane, which I normally do. I didn't have to say hi to the person behind me. I was there two and a half hours before the game. You know, I didn't say, have to say hi to them, but I did. And because mm. I did, we had a connection for three hours or four hours, yep. four hours or so. And it was great. It was a great connection. And it was like we commiserated, we celebrated, you know, when we were winning, all those things kind of came about. And it was like, that was the human nature. And I, and to me, it reminded me in how amazing a human connection is when we're bonded, like perfect strangers bonded by a common passion or purpose. Yep. And I think yep. all of us have that, right? Whether yep. it be your passion for crochet or whether it be passion for wellness or passion for, you know, finance or, or just like, pickleball or whatever it is like there's a passion in it and i think oftentimes what we tend to do is we shy away from it you know yep. we try to shy away from when those things are important to us and i really went in this weekend i literally wore like this jersey and and, and into middle of las vegas um the day before like i didn't care and karen's like why are you doing that because because not because everybody else is doing it. like i mean most people are dressed yep. up anyways i was like because i, I want to identify myself yep. and it's like yep. i don't care yep. like it's just like it's almost like going to like comic-con you know and yep. dress up yep. as nothing yep i don't get it but it's like okay some people just want to lean that's into it. Like, great that's, their that's thing. your thing yeah and i yeah. think that's a powerful lesson to recognize is to lean in so number one is lean in to the 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 uniqueness or the craziness about you the things that are just like a little bit kind of weird and, and warped um because when you do, you will attract those people who think the same way. Now, you detract yep. a whole bunch of other people, but that's the point. Yep. Yep. But you actually will attract those people that actually have that similarity to you. I think that is a very powerful way because you get that connection. And then once you get that connection, man, that, that goes a long way, I find. Yep. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about here, and that is 
um, the the purpose of and and the value of being clear in your values. Because the moment you're really clear in your values, you are super clear that the 49ers are really important to you. So every decision can be made in an instant, right? Mm-hmm. In an instant, and and you, you weigh it all that up, and and so that to me is there's no doubt. And I and the for and I watch the game too, and if it, if things had gone slightly differently. You would have been oh, celebrating this experience as one of the greatest of, of moments in there. But you had to put yourself – it's the, the man in the arena. So you're in it yeah. and, and you're emotionally connected. So that's that's a big part of it to go, okay, you're all in. The other thing that I really want to want to focus on is we look at it and Grant Cardone wrote a book called B-O-B-A, Be Obsessed or Be Average. And mm. there's an obsessive part of me that I have to take for a longest time. I usually used to make that wrong. It's like, hey, dude, you're pretty full on about this or you go harder at this or, or hey, you're going to fly to the other side of the world to watch your, your team. That's obsessive. Yeah, but mm. what happens is you can be like everybody else or look at what you just did as a superpower. So this is yep. why I wanted to talk about this because let's flip this and go, where else in your world would this trait, this characteristic, this ability to go, I'm doing this no matter what, be seen as an absolute asset? Yeah. Like it, so to me, when I first recognize it to to make sure I lean into who I am and, and what I like, it, it creates this. So, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about, uh, about people is about building your personal brand, right? And the way you build a personal brand is to actually lean in to the things that make you unique. You can't actually have a personal brand if you're the same like everybody else. Like you can't be a personal brand if you're just vanilla ice cream, right? The only way to be a personal brand, like say Ben and Jerry ice cream, it's like because you have like these crazy fish food flavors, right? As a as a as a as a flavor. That's what makes you different. Now, if everybody copied that, then that's not anything unique. So you have to kind of be unique. And I think one of the ways of being unique is to lean into your craziness, right? So <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Like for me, like I am a 49ers fan and I'm a, not a, uh, not just a regular fan who liked the team. No, I've been a fan since 1984. I have a story on why 49ers. Most people ask me, like, you're not even from San Francisco. Like, why did you choose the Niners? So maybe that's a different story, but I'll get to that maybe later. But to me, like I've been a fan for since 1984. That's, that's 40 years, right? Uh, since I've been a fan and, you know, have I followed them every year? No, I haven't, you know, but there was a, but I have been religiously probably for about 10 to 12 years. And I've been to a lot of the games and I never lived in San Francisco. I never even lived in America. I lived in Australia. I've yeah. been to at least, I've probably been to close to 10 games now and I didn't even live close to it. And here's the crazy thing. Here's, so when I was in Australia, I actually, you know, when you visualize a BHAG, right? Yeah. A big heritage. Issue. One of the BHAG I wrote down to myself is be a season ticket holder. Yeah, for the 49ers while yeah. being in Australia. I'm thinking they play 16 games a year or 17 games a year. Eight of them are home games. I'm like, eight trips. Can it be worth it? Now, that's craziness, right? But I was like, okay, but what kind of person would it take and what would I have to make, you know, or create an income that that was easy for yeah. me to do? Yeah. Right. So that was the B hack. So going back to that person, like leaning into it, so you can see how like somewhat obsessive, obsessive I am. That leaning into it is you, then you're recognized, right? So yeah. you talk about, well, how is that a superpower? Well, the superpower is that you're recognized now because most of my friends who know 
me know that I'm a Niners fan. And so now we have something to connect. I know, yeah. for example, a few people who are different teams fans, we will banter with each other or yeah. we'll commiserate yeah. with the, when, and when we team, our team kind of go again. So there's that bond that you can actually bond with other people because even though you could be the opposite team, like, so for example, yeah. you practice in Essendon, even though you were a Hawthorne uh, supporter, but it, that banter, right? Even oh. though it's meant to be, you know, conflict, but that banter actually connects you to your patients. I love it. Right. I, I love that. That that almost sounds a trash talk, but I just love the the back and forth. Like I would have people in the week that our team lost to them would come in grown men who would know better in fully kitted out gear of their of their team <laughs> and go, "Oh, I didn't realize I was wearing this today." I'm like, "Right, yeah, of course you did." Right. So, but I love that that jest that jousting. I really enjoy yeah. that. But to me, it's the fun and the connection. Here's something yeah. really interesting that that I, I, I and just as we we're talking about it, that I realised that it's probably partly of I've passed it on to our kids. So they're all Hawthorne supporters in Australia, but they both my boys follow their EPL, uh, and mm. and my older son Sebastian is a mad keen Chelsea fan. For ever ever since he was you know he's like the last fifteen sixteen years he's watched every game uh, that Chelsea have played live. Right, that meant wow. for all the years we were in Australia, he was getting up. At in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, through, and he's never watched a game, right? And right. when he moved to London, it had a very um, a very um, surreal experience because he went to Chelsea's home game, home match, to watch the game live during the official time, and it, it like during waking hours, and that felt really weird to him because his yeah. association was like, "I'm so hardcore, I'll watch it at any time. I don't want to watch the replay. I've got to watch it live." My yeah. eldest son, my youngest son is a Manchester United fan. So he's gone to, he now lives in London. He went to Manchester to watch them play. So I can look at this and go, look what you've done to these kids. But effectively what I, I, I love is the fact that they've found the spirit to get really excited about something in life that juices them up. And if they can have yeah. it in one area, they can apply it in other areas. Because well, you I think know that's what you're that alluding moment, to, right? Yeah, that's where I'm yeah. going is, is yeah. you, know, the, you know, life doesn't change because of reasonable people. Yes. You're right. It's been said before. It's the unreasonable people that shake stuff up that makes things happen. And to me, there's an there's a huge level of unreasonableness about what you've done. You've done. What I'm looking yeah. at is encapsulating and bottling it and channeling it in a way that goes, Lawrence, use that to go make great happen things happen in business and life. And you've, yeah. you know you've got it because you've got a reference for it. Yeah, and I think so. I'll give you an example. Of what happened to like I bought the ticket, uh, the plane ticket, maybe about a week prior to. And I was really debating whether I should go or not because I, I to be honest with you, I didn't know if I could go through another heartache uh, mm. of what happened four years ago, and and that's the truth of it. Like I don't want to pay all that money and go and experience it, and and I just want to sit with me for a while. And I waited a week because uh, it was two week period since we knew that they made it, and I waited a week and I got back uh, to back to Portugal and I I felt. Like I don't know, something in me just felt confident. Everything was falling in the right place. And, and I'm like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to buy the ticket, uh, plane ticket. Uh, it was not until the day before, the, even the day before I left, I was actually having second thoughts. And and then my wife found out how much the tickets were uh, for the game. And she, she gave me, I fully asked permission first, of course. And uh, yeah. then she found out actually how much it cost. She goes, are you serious that you're going to pay X amount to go to the game? And I'm like, yeah. I wasn't. I was not apologetic for it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she goes, oh, and then she's shaking her head, blah, blah blah blah, whatever. And so the night before, I was literally contemplating, Jim. I literally thought, it goes, you know what? If I don't go, I'm just sacrificing a yeah. thousand. 
Like yeah. a thousand. Like it's a plane ticket, right? It's like, I know it's a lot of money, but at the same time, it's only a thousand, you know, versus yeah. what I would have to pay once I get there. And then I rationalized. I, so I didn't pack, to be honest with you. I had to leave at eight. I did not pack till 6.30 a.m. Really? Morning. Wow. Yeah. Because I was on wow. the fence. Because here's the thing. My logic brain was trying to override my 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 internal brain. Because my logic brain was sort of saying, maybe you shouldn't go. Maybe you should, like, what, what's the worst? Right. And, and, but, then, but then I thought better of it. I'm like, what's life about here, Lawrence? Yep. I made a commitment. I'm going to go. I got permission. I moved everything around to get there. I'm like, it's an experience. Like, yep. you know, even if you lose, which we did, it's an experience. It's a story you can yep. tell. I get, yep. I, I get a podcast episode out of it. Hey, like that's yep. better than nothing, right? And, yep. so, and, and so for me, it, it really kind of like, for me, that's when I really start to recognize, I'm like, this is what life is about. You talked about being unreasonable. It is freaking unreasonable. It is unreasonable for me to go to take, I just literally been to the States, right? I just flew back 17 hours to get back and I got to go back again four days later. It's unreasonable from a time perspective. It's unreasonable from a, uh, my body's health perspective because I've just done it. And three, financially, it's just a stupid decision. But you know what? Like, like you said, most things are done because of unreasonable men who do these crazy things because I know that I could utilize this and leverage this and make me do unreasonable things in other parts of my life. And that's the story that I want to tell. I, that's the story. I, to be honest with you, part of me just wants to go to, to, to the kids to go, this is what that does. Like you, you know, you got to go do something that you're passionate about and go do it because it's in your dream. It's in your bucket list. Go and do it. And most people would say, oh, I wish I could have gone. All of us have the opportunity to go, but it's then. But there's sacrifices, right? Sacrifice financially, sacrifice time. I'm not saying I'm not saying be like me. That's not exactly what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if there's something you really truly want to go and do, sometimes you have to execute. We moved, yep. you know. We gave up our Australian life, a great life that we had, to have this unknown journey, right? Because of that passion, the same passion yep. it is for me to go because. We want we crave the experience, yeah. right? There's a lot of a lot of money left on the table, a lot of money spent to get to where we are, and it's probably not exactly the same that we thought. Something's better, something's worse, but the experience, though, right? The experience, yeah. the, the story you can tell another person that yeah. you can't, you can't like that's worth. Like it's not, there's no monetary, but it's so worth yep. the juice, right? It's the squeeze, so it's sorry. The feeling. Yeah. No, no yeah. You, it's, it's the feeling that you're, you're talking about. You know, I, I, when I was practicing, I had a, a client I used to take care of. She was a highly successful marketing executive and she had an irrational, irrational, and she'll call it irrational um, obsession with attending um, Kylie Minogue and George Michael concerts, right? Right. And she yeah. would go, and she would go, and what if if Kylie Minogue played in London for four shows? She would fly from go Australia to London and go to all four shows, right? It was that level of obsession. And I'd right. say, well, okay. what, what, what's it about? She goes, I don't know, but mm. it's something about mm. that that makes me feel something, right? Interesting. And you know, Maya Angelou, beautiful, um, wise woman, said people will forget often forget what you what, what you tell them, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And there's something about the connection to the 49ers, to this person with Kylie Minogue that taps into a feeling, a feeling that you can't necessarily make sense of or create, but you know that you know that you know that you have to be, you have to follow that path. Because a yeah. lot of the times if you tap into, and I, I'm a, I like to be, think of myself as a very intuitive person, 
I want to really tap into that. And if every if I'm getting green lights, and and I've I, I, my body is like being willed, like even if I'm standing still, I find myself I'm in movement, even if I didn't, I'm not aware of it because I'm drawn to something like that. I I, don't, I can't make sense of it. I don't know what it is. I'll speak up when I go. That came through me. That kind of stuff. So it's very esoteric in that regard. But I know that I know that I know that I have to do that. I have to take mm. this action. There's no if ands or buts about it. It's like, dude, you're going. And it yeah. won't make sense to anybody else. And people will accuse you of being crazy, but you just go, it has to get done this way. And sometimes you won't know the significance of it until after the fact. As as Steve Jobs says, you connect the dots afterwards. But yeah. there may be a process. The, the the time the 49ers win and you encapsulate that feeling and you anchor it, you will remember and you'll actually forget, I should say, the pain because you've got that. Very much like women who talk about the pain of childbirth, the moment they see their beautiful baby, they forget how painful the experience was because they've got so much joy connected to the new experience. Yeah. It, it, and it's hard to, to, to obviously feel that right now. I know that rationally and yep. logically. But uh, yeah, and I know that part of me don't knows that there will be a silver lining of all of this and there will be some sort of, you know, this, you know, everybody says that it will be sweeter, you know, in the future, but it's so long away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because you don't know, you, you don't know what yeah. it will be. And and the thing is for me, I know it's not, it's not like, you know, it's not like a regular season game where you can go, you know what, I'm, you know, we have a lot, even a loss during a regular season. It's like, Oh, so painful. And your, your Mondays yeah. are like, Oh man, this is like, what you're talking <laughs> about? Like just being down. Like, yeah. And Karen's sometimes like, what, why, like, what's wrong with you today? I'm like, Oh, nothing. I just never tell her. Cause it's like, it's not even worth having that conversation. But you know, with this feeling now, it's this is going to be months, right? It's gonna be months yep. because it's an off season, yep. you know, yeah. and you can't even get back and get excited about something. But I know, like, I know how hard it is for, for two teams to get to the top, to this one yep. game. It's not just having the best players. It's about having a lot of luck like a lot of luck that goes along the way, you know, that has to go your way, no injuries or just wrong, right injuries. And the ball has to bounce the right way. Like you saw the game. I think you said it was like, there was two or three little things that should have, that that if that didn't happen, if we would have won the game very easily, but because of those things, it just didn't, the ball just never bounced our way. And if only one of them, you know, the, 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 the muff punt, the, you know, the, the fumble, like if just one of them didn't exist, yeah. I think we would have been fine. But yeah. It didn't, it didn't fall that way. And it just wasn't our day. And those things are, I, so that's what I mean. Like, I know that's why I went this time was because I know it took four years to get back here. Right. Yeah. And it, it, it took so long to get back here. And I'm like, I don't know when the next time is going to be. Of course, that's we right. all think next year, but I don't know. Like, there's so many know. things that has to line up, right? Yeah. And 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 that's the thing. With this, is what I love about the sport is that it's that it takes eleven men to execute their job properly on every play in order mm-hmm. for that to occur. And I don't like you probably don't know the sport enough, but there's one play when uh, Brock Purdy threw in the overtime. He threw the ball just overthrew the ball when it would have been a touchdown, but it was because this guy was coming in his face, right? But it's because one of the guys on our team missed the assignment to take the best mm. player on their team, and he came straight at him, and he he came and he threw the ball half a second too early, just to escape. If that person took that, it would have been a touchdown. It was an easy touchdown. They would have mm. had it, but that didn't happen. And yep. one person make one mistake on one play out of I don't know fifty plays on that day. One mistake cost us, 
you know, and multiple, multiple things happen, but that's the thing. That's the reality of sport. And I think that's yeah. the, that's just the, the perfect blend of why I love so sports so much, because it's like any given day, someone could win or lose. Yeah. But the problem with that is that the winners, you know, it's, it's like warriors and, and heroes, but the losers though, it's so like painful. There has to be a winner or loser. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the beautiful part about sport. It's like without the pain, you can't you can't appreciate the joy. Correct, correct. And th and that's actually what happens when when people suppress, um, you know, when they go on medication, particularly because there's anxiety. They suppress the anxiety and it doesn't se um, selectively suppress some emotions and and leave the other ones. It suppresses them all. And so mm. I think the, the big learning in this is if for you to feel, fully feel life and the drama of life and sport, and that's really what it is, you have to put yourself out there. And that risks being emotionally hurt, upset, taken on a roller coaster, all those kind of things. I'll never forget going to a game. And I, I laugh, uh, actually, two, two experiences. Bettina has played national softball. And in her sport, she's like, goes crazy about it. But all the others, mm. she's tolerated our obsessions with sport. You know, she's like, okay, I'll come to the game, but, you know, I, I could do something up, but I want to be part of with you. We're watching a game and a close game. It's coming down to kind of like the, the, the Super Bowl. It's coming down to the last 35 seconds. It's one of the most exciting games I've watched. The scores are dead tie. And I'm like, I'm jumping up and down, looking over, but tennis falling asleep. I'm like, how can you do that? How can you do that? This is the most exciting game, and she's like out of it, and it, it's because she's not emo she's not that's not her game. Yeah, but I've gone yeah. to other games where same kind of thing. Crowds going crazy, and a guy in front of me hasn't broken a sweat. I'm jumping out of my seat. I'm excited. So, to me, the risk for you to feel those high highs, you have to be um, basically prepared to experience the lows. And right now is the yeah. low of yeah. that but you won't fully right. feel all of it unless you go i'm in yeah and and you have to be fully passionate and this goes back to the translation of life right like in order for you to be successful in anything which is risk losing right in a sense risk being um taking a loss but also enjoying the euphoria of a win you have to be fully all in right you have to be really in it just like you said because without it it just be well, doesn't really matter. I'm sure there's a like. I think it was the most watched television, um, most watched television broadcast since the moon landing. Wow. Um, this wow. this particular Super Bowl. This is crazy, right? Back in 1960 something. So you can imagine there's a probably a lot of people who just didn't care who won. For for those people who who might be listening to us and go, yeah, I watched the game. You know, even probably for you, it's like, yeah, it was a great game. It was probably the it was probably actually the most entertaining Super Bowl game. For most people, because it was so close, went to overtime, so much drama, and and it took that. But for me, it wasn't. People were like, oh, it must have been so great. No, it wasn't. It was freaking hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anxiety yeah. was up here, and you knew what was happening. You're like, oh my god. But my point is, is that if you're not fully engaged, you're never going to feel the euphoria. You feel like, oh, that yep. was a good game, right? Yep. But for those people who like all the Kansas City fans, if you're invested in the Kansas City Chiefs, like you're you're in your fork. And if you were a 49ers fan, like a deeply invested in a 49ers fan, you were depressed, right? Yeah. But it's only you only got those feelings, the highs and the lows, 
if you are fully invested. But if you're not fully invested in the thing, it's just a win and a loss. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with life. Like if you're not fully invested in your career or your path or your well-being or your um your direction and what you your brand and whatever you're really passionate about, if you're not fully invested, the win will never be a sweet, right? But you also won't feel the losses, of course, but you're not going to feel that sweet when you actually win, you know, when you get to the pinnacle of your success. And I think that's really important understanding about leaning into your passion and really focusing on it and going, what in your life, which is the question you asked me, what else in mm. your life where you're fully passionate about so that you can actually feel how great that feels? Because when you mm. do it, when you do feel it, you want more of it. Yep. And, uh, and Lawrence, uh, those those kind of feelings, we're talking about it specifically at sport, and I'm really glad that we've captured the rawness of this for you because you, you, we've got this recorded now and you can look back mm. and realize just how much and just how painful that was, you know, from, from that experience. But for people who aren't necessarily 49ers fans or sports fans or whatever, take the learning out of when you really go for something that you really want and things don't work out, you're going to feel these emotions and they're normal. They're normal, right? You're going to feel disappointed. And so a lot of great coaches with their teams, um, may we may lose a game they'll actually get the guys to stay on the field to cycle through the feeling of loss and coming second to use that as fuel to recharge and come back next time not from an anger yeah. but to feel the depths of emotion and disappointment and setback and loss and use it as a compelling reason to keep moving forward because well the yeah the narrative here yeah. at that point is very uh, important because you can have a narrative. It was like, I did all of that work, spent all of that time to get to here, and we still didn't win. Like, you could be really, it could really take you down a really dark path. Yep. Or you can spin the narrative to be, we did all that work, all that time, it still wasn't good enough. Meaning that, okay, now I know how much more I actually have to do to ensure yep. that we have a higher probability. And still, yep. Still won't guarantee that win. No, no. And, but and that's no. two narratives, right? And that 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 splits up in terms of the actions and behaviors you're going to take. Yeah, and and if you as a coach of a team help people understand that we're not talking like superhuman outcomes here. What we're talking about tangible one percent improvements in key metrics for in all areas of your game across the team. And that's exactly the same. If you're if you're a part of a team in your work environment and you want to increase the standard of things, quite often it's identify what are the two key or three key metrics that we can improve on one percent and keep improving, adopting a culture of excellence and improvement over time that continually allows you to keep moving forward. That to mm. me is the the disappointment because life, the reality of there are going to be disappointments and. You know, for every winner, there has to be someone who who doesn't win. You know, and it's about mm. how do how do people embrace that, take that as a learning, and don't personalize it. You know, I think it's really it's really difficult because the you know when when you do get setbacks, and I'm talking generally here, not just in sport, we have a tendency to personalize them to mean something about us and what we're capable of. And I think the whole lesson and learning here is to go, okay, how can we regroup from these setbacks? How can we really feel them and not numb them, not pretend they didn't happen, but really use them as a fuel, as a catalyst to um, get better in some way, shape or form. So that if you show up tomorrow or next season, you take that as a learning to keep you moving forward. 
You know, what I notice about, uh, you know, I'm in, in several couple of groups or, you know, people from, I'm actually a group in Australia that we've got a group of friends who all are 49ers fans and we have like our own little messenger and we, you know, and the messages kind of go back and forth. And what's really interesting is that, you know, the way I feel right now is pretty much the same as what every, like a lot of them are feeling. Like a lot of them just haven't been able to watch. They just don't want to approach it. And it's going to take a little while. And I think that's that that is a lesson there in itself. It's like sometimes when there is a heartbreak, when there's something in your life, in your business, or something that you just didn't meet, didn't match the expectation, and it's like a setback, Do you, I think you do need to have some time to kind of not jump right back in and, and, and get into it. Sometimes I think you do need to kind of sit it's with like that. It's a grieving uh, process, really. Yeah, grieving there's process, a grieving. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that grieving process is so important because it's just like sit back and really kind of evaluate. And that's going to take a bit of time. And there's no time frame on that. Um, it's like, and, and I think it's important to kind of recognize that that grieving process is an important part of healing and to recognize how, you know, you know, how you can actually come up better on the other side. But that's mm -hmm. the time for the, the narrative. Otherwise, you're doing it for the wrong reason sometimes. And you can't really evaluate it rationally if you don't actually think through this properly. So, yeah. So, Lawrence, um, thank you for being open to have this discussion when i when i floated it as an idea um i i was cognizant of the fact like too soon but within days you're actually talking about that so i'm really grateful for that and i think that the gift and the message is to for people listening to feel and hear the 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 timber in your voice the the emotion in your voice and just how much it means and making that okay and allowing that to go, hey, I really wanted this. It didn't work out. Um, okay, I'm I'm flat right now. I will I will regroup and I'll come back in a different format. But really communicating and getting in touch with those emotions, I think, is a really authentic expression of just the, the roller coaster that we do quite often go through in life. Uh, and for you, it just happened to be with 49ers. So thank hmm. you for being prepared to to go there and play out, play with this um, while it would have been a tough topic to talk about, even though some people may not relate to it for the people that can, you've, you've pretty much nailed it for them and made them feel like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel when things, you know, this big setback. Yeah. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to kind of talk about it. And, you know, all I have to say is just a quick summary on a couple of things I've learned. Number one is be fully passionate about something and lean into it. When you can do that, you really feel the euphoria of a win, even though we didn't win. But you can, I just can only imagine how great that feels. But you can only feel that if you fully are invested in, into something. Number two is, you know, in life, sometimes you got to take those opportunities. It doesn't come very often. Uh, for me, it was the Super Bowl. And, and you know, I, I, even though I've been to one, I still haven't been to one that they won. Uh, I still want to be part of that. And so I think for you, sometimes it might be something else. And, you know, sometimes an opportunity arises, you know, really think about it. Is, is that opportunity to come up again? And, you know, can you take that chance? Um, and, and thirdly, reality is, is that uh, I think that, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, what I'm going through, I know that not many people understand what I'm feeling right now. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't need to rationalize with anybody else. I don't need to explain myself to anybody else. Uh, what I do need is uh, find others who can understand. And I think we all feel that way in some sort or another, like in life, that sometimes we feel like we need to rationalize it and explain it to someone. But just remember that not everybody understands your emotional feeling. It just, they don't have to either. But there are people out there who can. And I think that it's important to find those others who you can commiserate with because they will understand. And finding your others is such an important element uh, to be finding success in life. So I hope that kind of helps kind of 
you know, summarize some of the topics we discussed. One last thing I just want to add, uh, just along that flying is you, you mentioned it, that you've got your 49ers fans that you have commonality with, but the, the big key that I've learned is just because you've got commonality with these guys, that's one theme. And, and then you, that may have totally nothing to do with another group of friends who you have entrepreneurship right. with as a, as, a, as a bond. And then there's another group. But the only common theme and factor and thread, all that is you. And it's yes. okay to have a part of you with one group that you celebrate or commiserate with your team's loss, another group you talk business with, another group you go paddle with, another group you go to CrossFit. But it's a natural expression of every part of you in different forms, in a heightened state around people who are just equally as passionate or crazy about it and that's okay and when you try to find all those things in one person that's the difficult part like i said to you so it's a case of not compromising those expressive fun parts of you is just finding them in different forms of different people because they're really part of you yeah and embrace every single part of you that's the Mm. that's Mm. the key lesson of what you're trying Mm. to say so guys Mm. i hope you enjoyed that episode and and really hope that you can relate to some of those things so that in your life whether it be sport or whether it be you know personal development or something else uh, i think that's uh there's some relatable stories so please i hope that you share this with other people and hope that you got something out of it and i know this podcast was a little bit out of sequence because we decided to post this uh earlier than normal so the other ones following will be mostly back to the regular scheduling so which means that we recorded this much later than the previous the next few episodes you're gonna be watching and listening so just in case there's anything out of order that's probably the reason why because i really felt that this episode needs to kind of come up sooner rather than later until next time guys enjoy the wabi sabi podcast the art of imperfection and uh thank you jim for allowing me to have a therapy session with you uh after my loss with the 49ers (laughs) take care guys (music) 